Hello, welcome to uh, episode, or is it now 21? We're coming of age. Um, uh, of the Mr. Badges Maths podcast. Apologies, didn't manage to actually make one Thursday night. Uh, just got way too distracted and trying to organise stuff. But uh, doing a quiz again, as normal. Um, and uh, yeah, just didn't happen. Don't know what happened. I just seem to spend quite a lot of time busy at the moment. I don't know about any of you, but it's trying to get your time sorted. Um, time seems to fly by and then other points you're like oh time is dragging and dragging today has just whipped by and so so normally i'd do this pod about four or five o'clock and uh it's now 10 to 8 at at night and uh i'm only just sitting down to do it so uh well welcome along um yeah i've been out for a long walk to be fair and uh some friends uh didn't have any couscous so i uh, found some couscous and took them to couscous you know essentials obviously um so uh, i dropped them around to their house and uh on my long walk but i went a uh, long walk round to their place but uh yeah i thought i knew my way around basingstoke but uh i thought that to, you know when you like drive somewhere and then it, suddenly you've got to try and walk it and it like normally it takes like thirty seconds down one road, and you know, suddenly it takes like ten minutes to walk that road. Um, so it took me a lot longer than I thought, than I was planned. But it was really nice to catch up with some people as well and just see their faces, um, which is nice. Um, and uh, yeah, this weekend has been interesting, long weekend. So I hope you've had a uh, lovely long weekend. Um, uh, it was a bit of a weird one. Friday did not go well. Like I had one of those days in lockdown where you just go, yeah, let's just write this off. It's when you just get to the point about four o'clock in the day and you're like, I just want to go to bed now. I'll just might as well go to bed and just restart the day tomorrow. Like It just hit that point where you might as well just have to go for a restart. But um, things are better now, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> things were rubbish. Um, but I, yeah, I watched a lot of cricket this weekend. So the 2005 Ashes were on. Um, I suddenly realised that some of you weren't even born. Um, so uh, yeah yay um so it was 15 years ago um but uh, that makes me feel really really odd but I, I was thinking about like when i actually watched it live and i didn't really watch cricket up until last summer so um for me to have actually watched a cricket match is quite impressive anyway growing up um so uh, it was the end of my first year of uni and i was I had a job that was really boring um during my summer holidays um where i sat on the gate in a prison and had to sit there and sign passes in and out but no one would come during the day so nothing would happen literally nothing would happen for the whole day um and so i I did watch my uh second hand of my watch go round once um for a whole hour and uh without doing anything um it was ridiculously dull um but eventually we got a little tv in the gatehouse and uh watched the uh, watched the whole of the 2005 ashes which really annoyed my sister because she was really into cricket and she couldn't watch it um so uh, yeah so there we go i uh yeah managed to have uh fun at year watching the 2005 ashes but i i realized that i hadn't really sat down and watched it so again so it was really nice to sit down and watch it and uh scored one uh one innings of the uh england second innings um properly scoring and i'm getting used to it now so much so i've actually signed up to a course to uh with the ecb to learn how to uh be a proper scorer just because you know might as well whilst you're doing nothing like 
uh, do an online course, like learn something new. So I feel like I'm learning a new skill at the moment. So I'm like, I'm quite excited about it. They haven't got back to me yet, but uh, hopefully this week I might be able to start it, which would be quite nice to just do something. Especially now we've had the uh, the announcement on Sunday night, uh, the uh, mixed announcement. Not to get too political. Um, but if any of you understood exactly what Boris Johnson was saying, then good luck, because I understood absolutely nothing of it. Um, like, it was uh, stay at home, but uh, go out and stay in and don't see anyone. Like, it, it made no sense. So good luck, anyone, uh, in uh, understanding any of what he said uh, and what the rules are now. I was just listening to the press conference now, and uh, I'm, not, I'm still confused. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure where they're getting all their ideas from. But um, hey-ho, we'll follow all the rules. But... Um, Hopefully it won't be for much longer. Although it did sound like I might not see some of you for quite some substantial more longer than I thought. So this podcast will be going on for a lot longer than I had planned. Um, so I'm going to have to start researching some more. Um, so yeah, my, my little podcast book is going to have to expand on ideas and things. So uh, hopefully you're not bored of it yet. Um, if not, I'm just talking to myself so who cares uh, i'm not bored yet uh so <laughs> there we go um i did do um a tail enders quiz though there are other podcasts that i do actually listen to as well um called tail enders they did a quiz uh on uh sunday night which was one of the funniest things i've seen in a while Um, not quite as funny as their first quiz which all just went completely wrong but um it was very funny and i did enjoy myself and had a little cry of laughter um but uh Hey, yeah, it's good. All good fun. Um, and then today we're back into like the system of lessons and Zoom meetings and exciting things and talking about lots of different uh, ideas and uh, chatting to other uh, heads of maths and other maths teachers across uh, the area, trying to work out what's really good ideas. So hopefully we'll be getting some more different ideas coming out or lessons from me anyway. Um, so uh, good luck. And uh, yeah, it's exciting times. Hope you've uh, really enjoyed your weekend though. So it'll be interesting to know what you've been up to. So let us know um, what you've been doing. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be really nice to hear from you. Um, so today I thought we'd talk about um, another kind of renaissance uh, mathematician. Um, and he was one of the ones that um, I always remember my maths teacher at school kind of quoting constantly because he sounds very French. So he's Abraham de Moivre. Um, and uh, he was, yeah, my maths teacher at school, um, I, I, I would look normal compared to him, I tell you. Um, he was very eccentric, um, especially when I had him in the year eight. That was a weird experience of my life. Um, I had also had him at A-level um, and he was less eccentric when you studying further maths at A-level, or appeared less eccentric compared to some of the other people that were in my uh, group. Um, though he was he seemed relatively normal. Um, but um, he was a very, uh, yeah, eccentric, I think that's the way to describe it. Um, so, But he always used to refer to De Moivre uh, in a weird accent from Barnsley. Um, De Moivre. Um, so uh, I was like, right, let's let's find out about De Moivre. So um, De Moivre was, has quite an interesting thing. And he has a theorem. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but he actually did a lot of things that I didn't know about until I did a bit of research about him. Um, so, yeah, I kind of looked into it a little bit more. So De Moivre was born in France as you'd expect, with uh, kind of the surname de Moivre. Um, and uh, he was um, born uh, in uh, northern France, uh, near Paris, about halfway between Paris and Nancy. Um, and, yeah, he, he was quite quite a normal childhood. Um, his parents weren't particularly well off, but 
he kind of went to school um but he was a protestant now uh he was born in um 50 uh, sorry 1667 um and a bit of an odd time in french history so being a protestant um rather than a catholic in france um they'd had a thing called the edict of nantes uh, which meant that uh Protestants could worship freely in France um, as uh, without being Catholic, basically. Um, and they were allowed to kind of exist. <laughs> That's basically it. So they had uh, Protestant schools. So de Moivre went to a Protestant academy in Sedan. Um, and he moved to um, Seymour. But uh, the kind of the, the whole kind of thing started to fall apart. So the edict uh, kind of fell apart under Louis the Fourteenth. So if any of you have watched uh, Versailles um, or been to Versailles, he was the guy who built Versailles, and uh, known as the Sun King. And uh, when he revoked the Edict of Nantes, it kind of led to the expulsion of the Protestants, and they were called the Huguenots. Um, so there was much suspicion about the Huguenots in France, um, and uh, it's, it's actually there's a classical piece of music called Huguenot actually as well. Um, uh, I think it. Well, I'm now. I might be wrong here. I think it's by Mozart, but it could be very, very wrong. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's a bit of a random left field kind of bit of my memory. I think it's a slow march to something or other. Um, so um, the Huguenots um, left uh, France. So um, de Moivre actually um, comes to England and his whole family moves to England and he finishes his education in England. Um, which was quite common there was a lots of um people who moved to england um from it uh, so especially to london and uh so when he um arrived in london he um was you know decent at maths but hadn't really studied maths that much um and he made a visit to the earl of devonshire i know like big wigs already um and he had a letter of introduction um and he was shown a really interesting book um and that book was newton's principia who which was spoken about before so newton wrote this amazing book called principia it's in latin um it had you know um calculus in it it had theory of gravity in it like huge things like you know just gravity it's fine um in it and so he realized how important this book had been was when he kind of read it and so he bought a book and he cut it up into pieces and so that he could carry it round a few pages around with him and because he became a teacher and so what he would do is he'd move around different pupils um during each day and go and see them and do private tutoring really um and whilst he was on going between pupils he would read some of the pages that he carried with him makes sense doesn't it like you know a bit like when you see people on the tube or back in the day when you used to see people on the tube um and they'd have their book with them and read to moira was the same he kind of moved between pupils and and uh off he'd go um but uh he kind of that's how he kind of works and that was it and he hoped to kind of become um a professor of maths in a university but because of discrimination, and um, he was at a disadvantage just because he was French um, and England, and so he couldn't get a chair. He couldn't become a professor. Now, he did get to know Professor Halley. So Halley, as in Halley's Comet, um, who was the 
secretary of the Royal Society, which we spoke about last week. Um, and he became friends with Halley and therefore became friends with Newton. And he looked at uh, Newton and he kind of became friends with him and he started to write his first kind of papers. Now, why does De Moivre become influencing then? Because realistically, he's not a professor. He hasn't got a chair in any university. He um, is just a friend of Halley and Newton. Uh, he's a Frenchman living in London. So therefore, he's discriminated against. He's not really in favour. Kind of where does it, how does he, this guy kind of raise himself up to be a, a big mathematician? Well, the reason is, it's because he was French and Newton and Leibniz had their big falling out about calculus. And so there was a commission set up by the Royal Society uh, to review which claim to uh, calculus was um, better. And so who would, had claimed that to have discovered calculus first? So don't forget, Royal Society in London, chaired by Newton... Um, so they set up a commission to decide whether Newton and Leibniz, <laughs> which had discovered it first. You can see some bias coming up. So uh, Royal Society knew it wanted the right answer. So what did he do? They appointed De Moivre to that position. Um, so he was put onto the commission uh, to make the decision about who had come up with calculus. And of course, that way he starts to become a bit well, more well known. Um, and so what he then started to do is, uh, after that fact, is he started to um, look at uh, particularly probability and the theory of probability that had been started. Um, and that was kind of, you know, quite new at the time, as we spoke about a few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, really. Um, and uh, Hugens and a guy called Montmort, sorry, um, in France had started to work with it and De Moivre had read all this whilst he was in France. Um, and uh, Jacob Bernoulli was doing a lot of chance work and looking at it. And De Moivre started to um, put together kind of a way of trying to understand kind of the distributions of, of uh, probability. And one of those distributions is called the binomial distribution. And that's a really interesting one. So it, it looks at if you've got two things that possibly could happen. So it could be whether you roll a one on a dice or not roll a one on a dice. And it looks at what the, the chances are that of it happening if you do it on multiple rolls, for example. So if you do large number of cases, what would happen? So, or what's the system that would work? Now, the binomial distribution is really useful, but it takes a lot of calculating. So if you've got small numbers of trials, it's really, you know, it's A-level maths. It's not um, a huge deal. And we can use Pascal's triangle um, to work it out. Um, and now we start to be able to use calculators to work it out. And it's not that difficult to work out. Problem is, is when you get large numbers. So even if you get something like 13 trials or 12 trials, it starts to become quite hard work to work on the binomial uh, distribution. But Jacob Bernoulli came up with the law of large numbers uh, that said if you do enough trials that you get closer to the actual probability. Um, and therefore, large trials start to become the thing because now we've got to do a large number of trials to try and work out the actual probability. Well, the problem with binomial distribution is that if you do large number of trials, you've got a lot of calculating to do because you're going to have to do bigger and bigger rows of um, Pascal's triangle. 
And therefore, you've got to start to, you know, if you want to have, say, 100 trials, you've got to know the 100th row of Pascal's Triangle. But what about if you want to do like 10,000 trials? Well, suddenly you've got a lot of calculating to do and you've got to add all those together. So it becomes a series as well. So you've got to add lots of things together and you've got to work out all the different combinations that are going on and how many different ways you can do it. And then you've got uh, lots of fractions that you've got to raise to really large powers. Um, so you don't really want to be doing, you know, one sixth to the power of 99 um, multiplied by uh, one, uh, five sixths to the power of one or plus you know one sixth to the power of 98 times one sixth uh, five sixths to the power squared plus uh, and and so it goes on um, so you've got lots of like hard numbers and that's on something easy as rolling a dice ten thousand times oh a thousand times um like you've got large things that are going on and really difficult bits of maths that are going on remember we're before the calculator here yeah we're still using abacuses and you know napier's bones so there had to be a better way now there was also known a thing called the normal distribution now many of you have seen the normal distribution and especially at the moment like if you look at um uh, any of the graphs really that the government are producing at the moment most of them have a kind of normal distribution to them and so it's what called a bell curve so you start off small it goes up goes back down again and it's nice and symmetrical Now that normal distribution is really really useful because lots of things are distributed in exactly the same way and they fit the normal distribution or they might be skewed so if you look at the government's uh thing last night even though it's a terrible graph but uh we'll go with it um it's skewed to the left okay so it's got a positive skewness um so uh we can actually start to work out those sort of things the problem was that there was a thought that somehow the binomial distribution should fit to the normal distribution. And the first person to actually manage to fit it in a way to use the normal distribution to approximate for the binomial distribution in a way that actually works was de Moivre. And this is where it starts to work. And it means that we can calculate um, large uh, trials much, much better because uh, the approximation only actually works when we've got large trials and so uh, de Moivre published a pamphlet a little pu uh, publication uh, in latin you know so just so you can read it um for discussion um so uh in 1733 um and so he kind of worked that out now part of that is that he actually produced uh, what we now call the standard deviation so we look at standard deviation quite a lot. So if you do statistics uh, GCSE or if you go into A-level maths, you'll hear about uh, standard deviation. Even if you go into other subjects, uh, A-level or degree, you will hear about standard deviation and how spread uh, data is um, from uh, the standard point, the middle point. So um, he actually kind of came up with standard deviation, even though he didn't actually name standard deviation. He came up with this um, yeah, parameter. Uh, that was called it and so the, he was the kind of guy that did that now one of the other things he did was he was uh, one of the first people to cut uh, production produce actuarial tables for life insurance now when you um get life insurance uh it you basically insure kind of you know whether or not you die or not you know slightly morbid at the moment so i'm trying to not dwell on it too much and um, so <laughs> he produced uh what's called uh uh, the mortality and age in population and how it links 
uh, the mortality with what age you currently are. And so if you've lived to your you know, 15, then you've got more likelihood that you're going to live to 16. Um, <laughs> whereas if you're th 11, you've got less chance than someone who's 15 to age to 16. Fractionally less, but still, for mathematicians, we like those little fractions. Um, and so uh, for actuarial science, so for um, act actuaries, this is really important in terms of life insurance because you need to know what the probability that someone's going to die is depends on how much you're going to charge them because you obviously got to pay out. Um, and this is what insurance, but uh, they still do now today is they have uh, life tables. And there's lots of uh, easy calculations and uh, formulae that you can do for it. So at university, I did that. Um, so part of one of my courses was to look at the actuarial kind of tables and work out all the different calculations involved. Um, but De Moivre was uh, one of the first people to actually do that uh, with Halley um, on five years uh, worth of data. Um, and they looked at five years worth of data in a city called Breslau um, and worked out all the population data from it. And they kept on refining that as they went on. And it's still refined today. Um, you can still get life tables and you can still look them up um, and do that. Um, and there's one last thing that he actually did work on. Now, we've spoken about imaginary numbers before. And one of the things that uh, we had to do is imaginary numbers are also called complex numbers. And the theory of complex numbers was in its early development. And he, so de Moivre came up with a um, formula. And so de Moivre's formula is, and it sounds a bit like trigonometry, shocker. Um, so trigonometry comes up with lots of different things as well. So trigonometry, uh, E, uh, pi and uh, imaginary numbers all kind of all merging together. So De Moivre's formula is cos x plus i, which stands for imaginary, sine x, all raised to the power of n. Okay, And this uh, starts to be able to uh, work in the early theory of um, analysis and trigonometry analysis. Um, and that means you could then start to work on what's going on. Um, and so that's what kind of he is most remembered for is doing that. Now, how did it all come to an end? Obviously, he was a private tutor. He carried on being a private tutor, because uh, but he actually died in poverty. So he didn't actually get any kind of income because he kind of died. He kind of got old, and so he couldn't really do private tutoring anymore. And so because he didn't have a chair, um, yeah, it kind of didn't work. Um, so, yeah, that's it. He kind of couldn't ever get his chair because if you get a chair in uh, maths, you kind of kept that for life and therefore you kept a uh, income for life. Whereas for De Moivre, because he didn't ever get that, even though he was a bit used by Newton and uh, Halley and stuff, he never actually got his university post. And so therefore he kind of died. Um, it was a bit like that. So it's a bit of a sad end to his life. But uh, yeah, it was one of those things. So there we go. Um, he uh, that is De Moivre, so the guy who approximated the binomial distribution to the normal distribution. Um, so shout outs today. Uh, shout out to Rory. Um, he's left a message to say that he's been enjoying the pod. So uh, nice to hear from you, Rory. Um, and that's it so far. So if you want a shout out, please do get in touch. Are we uh, recording tomorrow? Um, I don't know what on yet tomorrow. I haven't really kind of come up with it yet. I've got some th thoughts. But um, we're not quite there yet. 
Um, so a bit of research for me tomorrow um, as well as timetabling. Yay. Uh, so have a lovely Tuesday uh, wherever you are at home. Um, make sure you're keeping well, keeping safe. Uh, remember, you, you can't still go to the park yet because that's not till Wednesday. Um, and uh, hopefully, I'm really looking forward to I have to say. Uh, if any of my friends are listening, please, will one of you say that you'll come and play golf or play tennis or do something or go to the park or anything? Just one of you. Just one of you. Um, I need to get out of the house. I really do need to get out of the house. It's, it's, it's sending me mad, um, <laughs> as you can hear. Um, but I am off to school on Wednesday this week, so hopefully that might not make me completely crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, enjoy, and uh, I'll catch up with you tomorrow. Have fun. Have a lovely evening and a lovely day, and uh, I will catch up with you soon. Thank you.